What is going on, everybody? This is Ryan Gauthier, and you are listening to the Dynamic Growth Alliance podcast, where every day we get a grassroots look at the mindset, the skills, the resources, and the knowledge it's going to take to bridge the gap between who you are now and who you ultimately want to become. Welcome back, listeners, change agents, progress makers, progress creators, leaders, influencers, and just all that kind of good stuff. Today, we have a great episode lined up for you guys, and I think it's especially relevant due to what's been going on with COVID-19 or coronavirus or whatever you want to call it. So today's topic is really going to be the importance of resilience and solution seeking and just some of the mindset and skills that you know I've personally learned and developed to adapt and overcome. And basically, you know, the same skills apply to creating progress and maintaining that progress, creating momentum, maintaining momentum. And, and really a lot of this is going to be, you know, one of the, or it's going to be the focal point, the focal skills and focal mindset that you can use to begin your journey to commit to change. So first I want to just define and resilience for you guys and Basically, the definition is this, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulty slash toughness. All right, so if you want to just kind of put that in your own words so you can really materialize that and internalize it and kind of make it your own so that you can, you know, refer back to resiliency and, you know, start to use it and as, a, as a skill, as part of your uh, your tool bag, just realize you can just sum it up as uh, just seeing ways to overcome and adapt. So actively looking for ways to overcome and adapt and the like the ability that you have to do that. So the level of your resiliency is the level in which you're able to look at situations that are tough or difficult and overcome and adapt and move forward. So with that, there are a couple skills. There are four essential skills that I want to discuss with you guys that are absolutely essential to building and developing your resilience. And first and foremost, it is flexibility. So number one is flexibility. And yeah, I'm sure you all know what that is, but we're just gonna kinda, we're gonna ad lib on these a little bit and just kinda freestyle. I'm gonna freestyle a little bit of this stuff. So flexibility, it's just your ability to, to be like water, right? Water is a substance that when you put it into a cup, it becomes the cup. And for those of you out there who know what I'm talking about, it's a Bruce Lee quote. All right. So water, it's shapeless and formless, right? It, it's not rigid and set in its ways. And that's what you don't want to be. You don't want to be so rigid, so legalistic and so set in your ways and, and how you operate and how you think about things that when things change, when circumstances are different, you have a meltdown or you get anxiety or you shut down or, you, you know, all those kind of things. You get negative and you blame others and, you know, assume a victim mindset and all this kind of stuff. So just be flexible. Just be flexible when things happen, especially right now, right? So COVID-19 coronavirus, like schedules are changing. Um, you know, your money situation is, is going to be a little bit different. The amount of time that you're spending with your kids is going to be a little bit different. And that requires you to change some things up in your routines and your schedules. And in order to do that and to do it effectively, you're going to have to learn to be flexible, learn how to be water, adapt to your environment. And they also say, this is kind of an extra nugget that I didn't have, you know, down in my notes, but, you know, they say that human beings are especially 
um, or their human beings are very much a product of their environment. And, you know, a big part of success is creating a successful environment. So the better you are at creating successful environments, right, whether that's in your job, um, like in your own car, even um, in your house, in your bedroom, you know, all these kind of things, the better, the, the better, more effective, efficient your environment is, the, be- the more effective and efficient you're going to be. Uh, the next skill number two is planning. So planning, um, you know, for those of you who do plan, you totally understand for those of you who don't plan, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be hard at first to kind of understand how important this stuff is until you start to do it. And then when you start to do it, there's a big learning curve when it comes to planning. And that's something that I especially found out when, you know, I sought out some mentors and the mentors, one of the first things that they did with my wife and I, is they sat us down and said, Hey, list out your priorities. So we did we list out our priorities. Okay. What are your roles inside of those priorities? Okay. We list out the roles inside of those priorities. And we said, okay. And they told us, they said, okay, now what does success in those roles and what does that like mean to you? So we wrote it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we wrote out what those are, what success looked like in those roles and, you know, carrying out those responsibilities. And they said, all right, now rewrite all those in the, in order of most importance. So then we switched all around as far as like what the responsibilities and roles were. Um, like, for example, a role of mine is a father, another role is a husband, another role is a soldier, another role is a business owner. And now another role is a podcaster or a teacher or trainer or whatever. So you write those down, put them in order. So we put them in order and then we just kind of review it and say, okay, so when it comes to planning, if this, if these are the things that are most important in your life, how are you going to make sure that they happen? You know, you're going to have to put them on a calendar of some sorts. You're going to have to schedule them. There's going to have to be time frames. You're going to have to be time limits, right? You're going to have to set some margins and make sure that you're not, you know, spending way too much time on family and not, you know, neglecting your wife and not spending so much time on work and neglecting your family and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I used to think before mentorship, I used to think that I could I could wing it like I could just know when to stop and when to start and when to move on and um, you know how to how to figure out like whimsically how to get all these important things in my life at the same time and I'm gonna tell you it doesn't work I, I mean if you found a way good for you but I've never found a way to just be whimsical about my my priorities and make them all happen so there's usually a lot of turnover in my to-do list <laughs> so planning is essential and you know i use google calendar um a lot i mean you can have like you can, the app um you know you there's the calendar app on iphone and you can just put your gmail account like link to that and you can use that um there's also like a thousand and one different calendar apps both ios and android that you can download that are also cool um yeah i've, I've flirted with a lot of them but i always came right back to just a standard google calendar because it's simple it's effective and it's, you know, multi, it, it spans all devices and all that kind of stuff. So plan, 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 all right? Get intentional about your life. And that will kind of take away some of the need to be resilient because you will naturally start to do the next thing, which is problem solve. You'll naturally start to make things fit in your life. So there won't be as much stress and won't be as much chaos. And if there's less chaos, there's less need for resilience, right? Because, you know, things are working more. <laughs> so problem solving is the next one and that that one is you know more or less really like so there's so resilience right is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and then problem solving is what do you do like tactically once there is a problem 
So do you just throw your hands up and say, oh, well, I guess I can't do that today. I'll maybe do it tomorrow. Or do you dig in and push forward and try to correct and try to fix the situation? And for me, that's just one of the things that I've, I've always been pretty stubborn. So, you know, those of you who do know me, I've been, I've been pretty stubborn, you know, throughout my whole life. And I don't see that ever changing. Um, and as well as maybe, you know, a little bit impatient even. So um, those, are, those are my weaknesses. Um, but here's, here's where they can be strengths, right? So my stubbornness, I don't like to quit things. I don't like to just stop doing things. So if I run into a problem, like I will literally just beat my head against a wall until I get that puppy working again. All right. And, and the, the downfall of that is of that stubbornness is that I, you know, sometimes you need to step back from a situation and, you know, change your perspective and look at it a different way. Or, you know, sometimes it is the right move to put it down and, you know, and do something else. So understanding, you know, the difference and when and when not to and all that kind of stuff is, you know, what it's going to take to be more mature in that area. But I choose to look at my weaknesses is not so bad. So, um, you know, stubbornness in this regard, problem solving, I just push and push and push and push and push. And, you know, if you have difficulty or you can identify with with this message and saying, hey, maybe I could problem solve a little bit more. Maybe I do just throw my hands up sometimes and just kind of give in and just kind of quit. And instead of doing that, maybe now you can, you know, identify the need for problem solving your life and start to develop and do some research on, you know, some some tactical things to do to problem solve. Um, I know, you know, some of the obvious ones that uh, I, I never really looked into a lot or even did until, you know, I started you know, listening to other people and podcasts and, you know, getting mentorship and doing some of these programs for men and, and, and couples and marriage counseling and all this other stuff is just simple pros and cons list. So if I don't do it, what's going to happen? Is that bad? Is that what I want? If I do do it, what's going to happen? Is that bad? Is that what I want? Right. Pretty simple. Um, Another thing you can do is kind of like a cost analysis. So you, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of similar to a pros and cons list, but a little bit more in depth where you, you know, you list out details, you come up with options um, and you really just kind of write it all out and, and, you know, review that sheet. It's kind of like writing a report on a situation. So picture yourself as like an employee and your boss is like, Hey, I, you know, I need a report or like a police officer. Let's say a police officer, right? So incident happens. Police officers have to write a report exactly what happened, you know, who said what, who did what, you know, yada, yada. And then you just take it a step further and say, okay, well, how do we correct this? That's kind of cool. You know, with that on the fly. So, and then the fourth skill is EQ. Now, I've talked about EQ quite a bit, and I've been put on to, you know, really growing and developing my emotional quotient journey, which is what EQ stands for. Uh, it falls under the emotional intelligence umbrella, and it's a very important skill. And by no means is this list exhaustive and by no means is this in order, right? They're all important. Like one, I wouldn't say is probably more important than the other. I mean, they're all necessary and important. Um, but if I, I guess if I did have to rank them, EQ would probably be at the top because, you know, emotions have a lot to do with your ability to problem solve, plan and be flexible. So just understand the EQ and emotional intelligence, like there's so much to go into you know, I'll, I'll probably have to just do a whole episode on emotional intelligence to really like get that across. Or I can just recommend again, which I've, I've done in other episodes, but, and we keep going back to it guys, because it's so important. You know, I just, again, recommend emotional intelligence 2.0. 
um, emotional fitness in 60 days. And there's just so many books, right? If you just Google emotional intelligence and like how to grow my EQ, you're going to find loads and loads and loads of stuff. All right. There's lots of resources out there, but just understand that the, the, the more you're able to handle your strong emotions and the, the better you're able to handle your strong emotions and the better you're able to manage your emotions and your reactions and your responses because of those emotions is going to lead to more success, more problem solving, better planning and more flexibility and overall a higher level of resilience, a bigger capacity to recover quickly from difficulty and toughness. So uh, the next thing is with all of those being said, one of the things that I've noticed is that or observed, this is again, you know, more of an opinion thing, but there really are two types of people when it comes to like resilience and, you know, how like the mindset people have and the skills that they have at adapting and overcoming and creating progress. And it's there are solution seekers and then there are excuse makers. And, you know, people talk about this a lot and I've, I've seen it all over the place, but it's still super prevalent in today's society. There are solution seekers and there are excuse makers. Solution seekers typically have a higher capacity to recover from difficulty, a higher level of resilience. They usually exercise flexibility. They usually have some kind of plan, maybe not written out and all calendarized and all, you know, neat and pretty and whatever, but they do have some kind of plan, whether it's the night before, to-do list, whatever, like it's better than nothing. They're, you know, they think about problem solving, they have some skills around it, and they, you know, typically have a decent EQ and they're working on it. Um, And they're just, generally their mindset is like, hey, I'm not going to let this deter me. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do and and live in integrity no matter what happens. And the excuse makers are like, well, I guess that's it. I guess the buck stops here. Like, I guess this is the end of the road for me. And they just kind of check out and, you know, they blame others, which is probably the the worst side of excuse making that you can be on is uh, just being like, well, it must be someone else's fault. Or, you know, maybe if my wife would just, or if my son would just, or my teacher would just, you know, or, you know, if my, my schedule was just or if coronavirus was you know not around or whatever but the reality is it's not so you know you can either sit there and make excuses or you can find solutions and you can get creative and creativity is is also a big component of of this episode so creativity 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 i mean it, it takes a little bit of creative energy to you know go through some of these exercises like writing stuff out and asking yourself questions and solution seeking, planning, problem solving, all that stuff. Take some creativity. You got to be able to look at some things with, with outside of the box kind of eye and, you know, maneuver and, you know, yeah. And then I actually got some quotes for you guys um, in regards to solution seeking, excuse making all this kind of stuff. So um, Ben Franklin, he is like the first personal development guru. Like this dude, it was like the farmer's almanac or something like that, or, or, um, he basically he started writing like a journal every day and like publishing it and it was like little quotes and quips and things that people can do to improve themselves and he was like it was he was giving people the principles he used to be successful in life so he was like the first guy so i I love ben franklin and uh one of the things he said is that he says he that is good at making excuses is seldom good for anything else i'm gonna say that again for a dramatic effect he that is good at making excuses is seldom good for anything else. So for me, when I break that down, what does that mean? That means if, you know, you're typically one who is good at making excuses, chances are you don't have a whole lot of skills, right? Because you, you very rarely have a plan. 
you very rarely follow through, you would very rarely problem solve and you'd have little flexibility and no resilience. So, you know, like, what, what are you good for? If you're typically an excuse maker and if you're typically a victim of everything, like how could you be good at anything, right? Anything else? Um, so that's a big one, that's a big one. And then the next thing, um, the next big thing to understand. So now that we know some skills, we know a little bit about resiliency, now that we know, you know, that there are two camps that people usually fall in, they either fall into the camp of solution seeking or they fall into the camp of excuse making. The other, there's another big important, um, you know, there's another important aspect of this whole, whole deal here and it's responsibility. So just in a general sense, the person that takes more radical responsibility for their life is the person that usually is more successful and gets the most results, right? The person that takes more responsibility gets more results and is more successful. Um, and there's another quote that I pulled out for you guys. And this one's actually by John Burroughs. And it says, a man can fail many times, but he isn't a failure until he begins to blame somebody else. And again, this is something that I see time and time again. And, it's, and to me, it's getting worse and worse, especially amongst the younger generations, is they're, they're very quick to point fingers and blame and, you know, blame their job, their work, the government, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, look, if you guys really want to dig into some of this stuff, and especially for, for those of you who are, you know, politically inclined and you want to fight all these good fights and all that stuff, if you really just look back at the time when America was at its greatest point, you know, in, you know, economics, uh, you know, just sovereignty, you know, freedom, laws, like all this kind of stuff, you know, math, school education, like whatever, whatever category you want to look at it. When America was at its peak, what was the number one skill that the average American or the number one mindset the average American had? And I would say it is responsibility. Like each individual member of the state, town, community, you know, business, home, whatever, like they took extreme responsibility for their scenario, for their circumstance, for the situation. And they didn't worry about everybody else. They did not care. If you wanted to be whatever you wanted to be and you wanted to act however you want to act, they didn't care. You go do that, but just know that you do it like on your own. Like I'm not going to force you to do anything or be anything. So don't try to, you know, come around me with that stuff. Like, you know, it's like, hey, keep our distance and just, you know, just, just live our lives side by side, separately, whatever. Like people just didn't care because they were so busy taking responsibility for their own stuff and improving their own lives. You know, and I think part of this issue that people lack responsibility is that we, we are trying to mingle and inter, intertwine and, you know, just, just mix up every aspect of our lives, you know, through social media and the internet, like everything is so combined. You know, and when you do that, it's very, it's very easy to be like, yeah, well, you know, if they didn't see my whatever on Facebook, then, then we would know. And it's like, dude, that's your fault. Like, that's your problem. <laughs> you created that, you know, and, and you're the only one who can fix it. I mean, you really want to, to use that as kind of a guide for taking responsibility. Treat everything as if you are the only one that can change it, right? Because you can't control what others are going to do, but you certainly can control what you can do. Now, even, even, if, even if it's not your fault, now there is some, there is a trick to this, right? There is a balance. So you don't want to just blame yourself for everything. And you don't want to like be, you don't want to be a person who takes, like is over responsible, right? For people's emotions and actions, right? So you don't want to be like, 
well, you know, he punched me in the face, so that must be my fault. You know, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it was, but you also want to look at the other side too. Like, don't be, don't be ignorant. Don't be naive and be like, well, everything's my fault always, no matter what. Like, that's not true. But I'm saying, um, just take general, in a general sense. That's why I mentioned that earlier. Just in a general sense, like if you exercise more responsibility in your life, I, I, I can say, I guarantee that some things in your life will change. You'll start to notice some things about yourself where you can grow, where you can change. Relationship will get better. You know, you'll start, you know, getting promoted at your job and, and all this kind of stuff. So, boom, there it is, guys. I mean, we live in a society that is constantly changing, and they're changing. It's constantly changing the way it operates, thinks, governs, talks, socializes, consumes, spends, invests. Like you name it, it's changing. And the more you change, the more as a society and as a person, the more problems you run into. Because let's face it, being lazy, smoking, drinking. Um, playing video games, like not working hard, not working out, binge watching the Tiger King, which I've never watched, by the way. Shout out to the people who have never watched. Like, it'd be actually really funny if all of you guys who have never watched the Tiger King could, like, go to the Dynamic Growth Alliance Facebook page and, like, drop a comment, like, hey, I never watched, or, you know, reach out to me at the Ryan Gothard, official Ryan Gothard on Instagram, you know, Facebook. That'd be really funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so <laughs> binge watch Tiger King on Netflix. It's, it's all, I mean, all that, all that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. It's super easy in a changing society to want to find a, a consistent thing in your life. And what I'm noticing is the trend is that people are using social media and the internet and like Netflix and drinking and all this kind of stuff as their, um, it's like as their center, like as their guide like that one consistent thing in their life seems to be this other leisure stuff and i'm saying that that is the very reason why i wasn't successful the reason why i wasn't growing and changing the reason why i wasn't maturing is because i was using those things as my center instead of other things like god um you know my mindset and my my family uh, you know just all that kind of stuff i had a, a I had more, I was more concerned about leisure than legacy, right? I was more concerned about leisure activities than like building and growing opportunities. So just understand that, right? There, that's the reason why there are so many people doing those things is because it is easy. And what's always inspiring and motiv motivating for me is that it's actually getting easier to stand out and to be successful in today's society because if you just do a little bit more and you, you work a little bit harder and you, you stop drinking, you put down the video game for an extra hour a day or whatever, or stay off Facebook for a couple extra hours a day or whatever, like you're going to start to stand out from others and get more done and be learning back. Wow. Like, what are you doing so different? Like you're changing. It's like, well, I'm, you know, simply not just lying around. Like I'm, I'm choosing to do more things that serve me rather than things that, you know, don't serve me. Right. I'm choosing to do things that, I can actually develop skills in and pass on to somebody else rather than just, you know, stare at my phone all day or whatever. So you only have a little bit of time to maximize opportunities. So you don't want to waste opportunity. You don't want to waste time, especially in times like this, right? And I'm at the end of this, I want to give a couple of you know examples of how maybe you can use you know, the situation that we're in to really develop yourself. Cause I know I certainly have, and I've learned a lot about myself in this time. Um, 
yeah, so you really want to maximize opportunities using the skills and the things that I've laid out here, um, which, which is also crazy, right? When you think about this, that's also why there are a lot of folks who are successful and they make tons of money and just all that kind of stuff. It's because they go above and beyond and they do better. And, you know, they don't do any of that stuff. They have much, you know, a lot more good habits than they do have bad habits. And it's like, no wonder why these guys get paid so much money and are so successful and, you know, all this kind of stuff, because they just simply are doing things that others aren't doing. Like if you want to have results that not a lot of people have, then you got to do what not a lot of people do. You know, if you want to have more than what people have, well, you got to do what people don't do. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a, it's actually quite a simple equation. Now it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. You know, I always was kind of, I always kind of frowned on people saying that like, Hey, this is easy. Well, not really. It's simple. It's a simple concept most of the time. Like it's something that's very understandable, but it's just as easy not to do as it is, is as it is easy to do. That's a huge nugget. Like think about that. Really think about that. Most of the, most of this stuff and most of the bad habits and the things that don't serve in your life, they're just as easy not to do as they are easy to do. So think on all that, meditate on that, um, really soak that in, internalize that, you know, re-listen and take notes. I mean, that's one thing that I've, um, you know, really just became radical about is just taking notes on everything and not even necessarily for the fact that you go back to it and look at it later and like really study and analyze it, which would help and would be beneficial. So that out there, but it will help just taking notes like during, cause then you, like you'll hear something and you know, you'll see something, you'll write it down. And then it just like the act of writing things out commits uh, more of it to memory. So it's like you're, it's already half learned once you've taken it, listened to it, thought about it, and then um, written it down. Um, but anyway, so here we go. End of the episode. Um, I hope this helps you guys out a lot. Uh, I really look forward to continuing to make positive and impactful and inspiring um, episodes for you guys. Um, I think it would be really great if you guys could, you know, go to the Dynamic Growth Alliance Facebook page, the Instagram page my personal pages, you know, wherever you think is most beneficial for you to interact and engage with, um, with me and with some of the people that are, that are, you know, joining the movement and, you know, some of the people that are just engaging with, with the, you know, with the podcast and with the movement as well. So we can all lean on each other and grow together. And here are a couple of, you know, practical examples and tips of, you know, why did the episode in the first place? And especially in these circumstances with COVID-19, so I had a couple of I had a couple of Joes that I guess by Joes I mean soldiers, right? So um, I had a couple of folks that I work with pretty closely that you know were, they just came and told me that they're like you know hey I'm actually getting kind of depressed like so I, so I noticed there was something wrong and I was like hey what's going on? And they're like well you know I'm just kind of depressed like you know it was um, I had some you know some friends some family that had birthdays and I'm gonna miss out because I can't go back and I'm like super family oriented type person like always around family and. You know, I'm not able to go out and like travel anymore like I used to and just all this kind of stuff. And I'm hearing it more and more and now I'm seeing it. And for, for I think that was like two weeks in, I actually started to feel a little bit too. Where I was just, I just felt really inconvenienced and I was just like feeling really annoyed about that. I was like, man, I just like, you know, but anyway, so some practical things, right? Obviously going through this kind of stuff, like back through and, you know, asking yourself some questions based on your capacity to recover and your resilience, your flexibility, planning, problem solving, EQ, all that. But aside from that is, you know, kind of what I mentioned earlier is being creative. So for example, if you're going to miss a birthday or something and you know, it's really important to you to have that birthday, then you can jump on zoom. 
you know, Zoom is an app for virtual conferences. I mean, there's many more like GoToWebinar and, you know, all these great places that you can go where you can still see people. Now, granted, I know it's not the same, right? So, you know, and I understand it's not the same, but it's better than nothing, right? You know, that's something that that is probably something else that you really want to kind of take note of and really internalize is that like, are you like, don't be the person that's just like, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to do nothing. Like, why would you rather do nothing? Like, isn't something better than nothing? Like, even if you just get a little bit of family time or a little bit of FaceTime, and there's another, there you go, there's another app, FaceTime. You know, you got WhatsApp, you got Facebook Messenger. Like, there are so many places now where you can actually use the internet in a positive way and use social media in a positive way to fill these gaps and these needs in your lives. I mean, just get creative with that stuff. And, and you can even come up with plans. Like, I was helping this guy out, and I was like, man, like, call up all your family a couple days ahead of time before, you know, the birthday happens. And, you know, ask everybody to send gifts in the mail because they're still running some mail. Like, there are certain services that are running mail. So everyone can send the presents to, um, you know, your family member that's having a birthday's house, like, the day before or the day of or whatever, because you can schedule the time it arrives. So you schedule to arrive on the day of, and then everybody, you know, gets together and says, Hey, I'm going to be on, I'm, you know, and they, they pull together some ideas of what you can do, like, you know, some online games or something like that. And then, um, you know, you can just have a little party and then you can all have your little drinks and individual drinks and snacks or whatever. And, you know, you can have, a, you can have a decent time with it. I mean, it's, you know, again, certainly better than nothing. And you take that same mindset into fitness. I mean, there are a lot of people who are like, man, you know, the gym, this and the gym, that like, you know, there's a lot of good um, exercise you can do at home with minimal equipment. I mean, just for starters, I mean, you could kind of do like a standard military workout where you just do a bunch of push-ups, sit-ups, and pull-ups. I mean, that helps. Um, you can also start to build a home gym. I know that's something that I've been really looking into, not just because of this situation, but because of, you know, scheduling. And I think there's a reason why busy people have like their own facilities and home gyms, because it just makes more sense. It's, it's more convenient. It's more efficient. Um, and, you know, there's also a great company I, I started looking into recently. They're called like PRX Performance. And PRS Performance, um, they they build like garage gym equipment that like folds up. It's like super slick. It's really cool. It like fits into your garage real nice, and it's, it's just pretty awesome. So I'm be looking to get some of that stuff. So if you guys um, you know get a chance, maybe go check them out too. And then they're, they're not sponsor this episode or anything. I just I saw it. I think it would really help you guys out. So PRX Performance Gym Equipment. Build your own equipment. Like I said, that's what I that's what I've done. That's not pretty by any means but it functions. It works. It's good enough, right? Especially for the time. So that's all I got for you guys. Um, again, hope to see you guys. Hope to interact. Hope you guys, um, you know, find a need for this and you guys can identify some areas in your life where you can grow and you know, you're ready to take the next step and change your association and develop a group of friends. that's going to hold you accountable and it's going to help you grow by giving you advice, by being there for you, by, you know, telling you the truth and, uh, you know, helping you develop in your faith and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and I've created a page and a group for that. Um, and that's, you know, again, the essence of the movement. So I hope to see you guys here pretty soon and I uh, can't wait for the next episode.